Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationship with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Table and Well podcast. Uh, we are so excited that you are with us as always. Um, please feel free to download and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you are watching us on YouTube or would like to continue to watch us on YouTube or would just like to watch us on YouTube, <laughs> one of those three, uh, you can do it at our YouTube channel, which is Table and Well Co. Um, we are still in our series, Stories from the Table, and it's been really awesome to have people at our table to be able to listen and learn their stories and just just what the lord's doing not necessarily just at our table but the table around the world um and if you guys haven't listened to our couple of podcasts ago we interviewed some friends from israel that have a table and you want to check that out too and just see how the lord really just how the jewish culture embodies the table it's part of their life and who they are um so today we have a friend with us uh, her name is Jessica, and we're going to have her introduce herself. So we would love to hear from you, just your name, where you're from, uh, something about yourself, and then how you found our table. Great. Yeah. Um, so my name is Jessica Mullen. I have lived here in the upstate for about eight or nine years, okay. and I currently work at the Traveler's Just Farmer's Market um, and love getting to do that work there. I've worked there for just over a year. Okay. Before that, I worked in um, higher education. I was a communication teacher oh, wow. and taught public speaking and interviewing and things like that. So I also really enjoyed that. But just after the pandemic, had a little bit of like a desire to change where I was headed. And okay. so um, I'm sure we can get more into yeah. that story, but yeah. um, really enjoying right now working at a farmer's market. Mm-hmm. I work in like the spon- uh, I'm the director of marketing and development there. Yeah. Yeah. So I work first like developing sponsorships and um, the social media channels that the farmer's market uses. And so it's really fun to connect all the stories of the farmers and the vendors who okay. are there yeah. to the community. Um, so yeah. it's actually really on par with what I was already doing in communication, kind of fell into it backwards, but <laughs> love it a lot. Um, awesome. So that's kind of that. what I'm up to lately. Yeah. I also um, have been coming to the table just for a couple months now, yeah. at least mm-hmm. table well. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine uh, invited me, uh, Miranda Williams, I think she's mm-hmm. been on the podcast yeah. a couple episodes back. Yeah. Um, she is a poet and a lady of yeah. fewer mm-hmm. words than I am. And so if you don't like my style of speaking today, go listen <laughs> to that podcast because she's like super wise and awesome. But she just invited me to come yeah. and uh, told me about how great it was and what a great community um, has gathered here. So it was, I experienced it for myself and it was awesome. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's I great. had no idea you were in communications before. That's fun to learn about you. Yeah, it, I am a little lot, and I think everything's kind of connected and all of that for, you know, person to person, yeah. you know, God's person, community. It's mm-hmm. really fun to just explore all of that, who we are in Jesus, how that connects. It's my favorite thing. So, yeah. Yeah, he's always writing that. a story yeah. and nothing mm-hmm. is lost, right? Like, yeah. like, how in the world does this connect to that? And then, and it doesn't make sense often in the beginning. And then as you look back, you're like, Oh, yeah. That made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for that season. And so 
to be able to be fully present in this season and be who I am. Like, look at that. Yeah. Like he knows what he's doing or something. Yeah. Go figure. Go figure. Go figure. Yeah. Whether we know we need it or not. Yeah. Right? It's like right along the path. Right. Yeah. Right time. Right place. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, fun. Yeah. Well, fun. Uh, well, before we started the podcast today, you had shared a quote with us and we'd mm-hmm. love for you to share it again. It was super powerful. Um, in this quote, it talks about uh, households mm-hmm. and I would love for you to just explain a little bit more about even what that word means before you even read the quote. Yeah. Um, the definition of a household, at least how the author of the book, which I'm about to read from, the book is called uh, titled The Life We're Looking For, Reclaiming Relationship in a Technological World mm-hmm. by Andy Crouch. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just defines like household as not just a nuclear family, which like if you're new to that term is like mother, father, mm-hmm. brother, sister, like the family that exists for the 18 years while the kids are in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, historically, whether it's like, uh, if you look at other cultures, um, when you look at the larger, the cousins, the people who you maybe work for the, the father of the house or the mother of the house, like the larger group of people um, was called a household. And that wasn't just including like, the, the the nuclear family within it. So he also says it's hard to have a household without nuclear family. So when you kind of right. go too far, that gets a little bit weird too. But um, mm-hmm. I think we're way too used to like home being just mom, dad, and kids. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, something yeah. I'm really excited about and passionate about rediscovering in the U.S. is households. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's also why this quote means a lot to me. But we'll get more into that yeah. later. <laughs> so I'm going to read um, a brief quote from... It's not super brief, but a quote from (laughs) The Life We're Looking For by Andy Crouch. It says, how do you know if you're part of a household? You're part of a household if there is someone who knows where you are today and who has at least some sense of how it feels to be where you are. Mm -hmm. You are part of a household if there is someone who moves more quietly when they know you're asleep. Mm -hmm. You're part of a household if someone would check on you if you did not awaken. You're part of a household if people know things about you that you do not know about yourself including things that if you did know, you would seek to hide. You're part of a household if others are close enough to see you and know you as well as or better than you know yourself. You're part of a household if you can experience the conflict that is the inevitable companion of closeness. If someone else makes such demands on you that you sometimes fantasize about driving them out of your life. You're part of a household if you sometimes dream of running away, perhaps to a far country, so that you will not be so terribly well known. You're part of a household if your return from a long journey prompts a spontaneous celebration. You're part of a household if, when you avoid a party because of your anger, pride, guilt, or shame, someone notices and comes outside to plead with you to come in. This is the one thing that we need more than any other, a community of recognition. While we must always insist that every human being is a person, whether or not they are seen or treated as one by others, we also know that no human can flourish as a person unless they are seen and treated as one. And for that, the household is the first and best place. Wow. Mm-hmm. So much there. There's a lot there. There's a lot uh, there. Yeah. I love even just that last part. I didn't catch it the first time you read it, but about a person can't be a person if they're not treated as one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And if that doesn't explain mm. where so many people are struggling. Yeah. Like in their personhood, in their identity, and just even feeling like they have purpose here or belong yeah. on the earth, nevertheless, in a household. Mm-hmm. Man, 
that's powerful. Yeah. Just even the, the, I love the line of, um, you know, like you, you want to go to a distant country. So you're not so well known, <laughs> seen and heard, which is interesting because one of the deepest cries of a person's heart mm-hmm. is to be known, seen, heard, mm-hmm. loved, mm-hmm. but it's just this dichotomy of, man, I wish you guys just know me so well, like get out of my head, <laughs> yeah. like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But at its, in our core, it's like, it, it's what we want. Yeah. And it's what we long for in our families and our communities and just as people. Yeah. And so to, to be part of a household, I love that phrase. We've talked about that too. Like it's, it's so it, the, the old saying, it takes a village to raise a family or it takes a village to raise a kid. It's that type of idea where it's not just mom and dad, but it's everyone speaking into mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. other's lives. Everyone having like um, a part in the growth and the maturity and development mm-hmm. and the health of a person, of, of, a person, yeah. of all people, yeah. not just, you know, yeah. There's that interdependence that's happening. That's yeah. not this like individualisticness that we've come to where it's like, well, I've got my life and I'm doing my thing. And, mm-hmm. or even we've talked about this in marriage, like how, how we've believed this lie that we get married and like our spouse is supposed to become mm-hmm. our like, other everything yeah or other everything like that's not at all possible and so many marriages are struggling because they're so disappointed mm-hmm. that they're not that they've like lost themselves mm-hmm. and they've lost each other in the midst of living a lie that it that two is enough yeah it's not enough mm-hmm. we even had that conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago and we're like what's your biggest dream and they're like oh just to be at home with my wife and and my kids yeah. and it's like and i said Oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> what do you mean? Because you're a dynamic human being yeah. meant to live in community. Yeah. You have something much more to offer. Yes. Your wife and your kids are hugely important, yes. but you also have something to offer the larger world and you will not be satisfied yeah. if that does not come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious for you when you originally read that, yeah. like what did that spark in you? And especially for you to want to bring it today, like there's something mm-hmm. stirring in you about that. And I'm curious yeah, what it me is. Me too. <laughs> um, I think, I guess like a little bit about like my personal story and how it connects to this yeah. too is um, I am 27 and I am, I graduated college in 2017 and I did grad school in 2019 um, and or graduated from grad school in 2019. And I came into a period of my life in 2019 where I was really, really um, struggling to feel that I was part of a household like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in like the Southeast US uh, around here and um, conservative Christian culture, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I expected always to like go through my life, you know, check the boxes, always Mm -hmm. in high school, always in college. And there was a funny part of that that was also like connected that said, you're going to get married when you're done with college, you're going to have kids and you're going to go through your life. So I found myself like in this like, hold on, (laughs) what is this pause? Because I finished grad school and I still was not that starting that family that I thought I was going to. Um, I was struggling with like immense loneliness. um, And that was really, really difficult for me. I've been healed from that at now by Jesus. Um, I think now, I think a term that I've heard you guys use at the table, I don't know if you've talked about on this podcast before, is like sacred wound um, or it's like the things that we struggle with yeah. in our lives that Jesus heals. Yeah. And from those, they're not just like 
I'm just not just not lonely anymore, but I have a passion for community. Yeah. I have a passion for connecting people. Yeah. Um, and bear with me, but I'm a little bit of a like a little bit of a nerd. My favorite class <laughs> I good. took in college was anthropology, cultural anthropology, and how yeah. like humans are connected in, mm-hmm. in societies and how it di- differs across culture. In ours, um, <laughs> in the United States, like. And then, and something happened in the, like the fifties or sixties with nuclear families, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you guys have talked about this on this podcast a lot too. But um, that is the idea that, like, uh, after World War II, families left, and um, their the way that they'd grown up, like in um, larger, I want to use the word like clans, but like larger, you know, grandma, grandpa. Yeah aunt, uncle, that's what I'm trying to describe by saying that multi-generational living to move to suburbs, like a new kind of thing where it was the cute, like come to the barbecue, come Mm -hmm. to this like um, Tupperware party. We're going to all move here. Yeah. And we're going to all move here. We're going to like, the doors are open. This beautiful neighborhood exists where you can just come in and out of any house. We all know each other. Wear like cute old dresses with like flat skirts. <laughs> That's what happened. At least you know I'm, and I apologize if there's like older listeners who like lived this or like you're getting a really bad job describing my life. I'm just trying to get to the big story, but um, so the big story of that being like that happened in the 50s and 60s. But after that happened, that there was a breakdown where like if mom or dad became sick or were not part of the picture anymore or died, then all of a sudden like you know single parent is raising these kids and these kids don't have uncle or grandpa to be Mm -hmm. in their lives that used to and um without that larger household like i described in the first quote that we read it's like you all of a sudden we start seeing that breakdown to where the united states Mm -hmm. has become more and more fractured and we're Mm -hmm. just expected to be like okay with this nuclear family which oftentimes is not even that whole nuclear family anymore yeah right Um, and i tend to be like a glass half full kind of person so i um, don't always spend. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about statistics because yeah. I feel like we we hear the statistics all the time yeah, about yeah. you know divorce or depression or suicide or it doesn't um, take. It's not yeah. much work to look around and know yeah. that right. things are not yeah. well. Something's yeah. broken. Yeah. yeah, something's really broken, and um, it's like the that expectation of community no longer exists. So we're all trying to like find it mm-hmm. in some way. Um, so I believe like a gift that the church has right now is teaching a really really hurting society at least here in the states and maybe other places in the developed world um and developing world but in other places in the world as well like what do we have to give and i think your community and it not just being like your mom your dad but like bring on that in that like cool traveling you know auntie or bring in that like kid down the block that's just always like riding the scooter like what can that look like to start rebuilding um, and so I just got to tell that whole spiel, but I guess I was getting on that to say, um, what I, what I carry and what I'm really passionate about in communication is reconnecting communities. And when I fell backwards into working at the farmer's market, I found that I was actually in a place where we were building a public space for reconnecting with neighbors and reconnecting where your food comes from and reconnecting with, um, you know, local craftspeople. Um, but I think the table and learning how to practice like hospitality or learning how to practice rhythms that bring yeah. that like nuclear family and everyone else mm-hmm. <laughs> back into connection is yeah. huge. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm just really passionate about what you guys are getting to do here and love mm-hmm. getting to, you know, attend and be a part of it. Yeah. Today, so. yeah. Super glad, glad, I'm glad, glad that you're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 you have helped with our 
because we haven't been very multi-generational mm-hmm. and with you and Miranda and mm-hmm. some of your other friends that have been coming, it's like, Oh, the young kid, the young people are here. <laughs> yeah. But it, and I have awesome. that same joy when we yeah. have elders walking I in do. the room, like I'm knowing that they're a gift to you guys yes. too. And like, we get to kind of straddle the fence between the two and watch it happen. Yeah. But, and that's, I was going to say that because what you were talking about, we haven't talked about that specifically, but one of the things that we have talked about and that we're very passionate about too mm-hmm. is elders inside of your community. Yeah, so good. Because when, you know, some of that happened, you know, with people moving out to the suburbs or going off to college or moving across the country for a new job, you lose that family, you lose that connection, you lose community, whatever whatever term you want to put on that household, household, (laughs) you lose household, Yeah. you know? And so, um, and then, and with, and with the elder piece, it's like, um, because the elder, we need elders, like elders are the ones that tell us who we are. They remind us of our, they they tell us the stories of what it's like to be us, to be, you know, your family, to be that household. You know, it's like in my my family, it was like my great grandma and my grand and my grandma, my granddad that would like tell us and show us and all of that. And so when you lose household, when you do move, when you, people do come out of the family, you lose that sense of connection to who you are. And then to even to the to the family as well. Yeah. You, and you don't you just you just don't have the community and the, the household that we need. Yeah, I find it even interesting that in listening to you talk about that, how you have to learn what you're learning through a book, yeah. you know, like mm. like you, yeah. you don't. And this isn't like you, but like yeah. your generation doesn't yeah. have the people who lived mm-hmm. you know, in the 50s and 60s to tell you what it was mm-hmm. like and to say we're not we're not the people we once were, we're missing something guys, you know, and you're like, your generation is hungering for it because it's been missing, but you haven't been able to put words to it. Mm -hmm. And the words aren't coming, unfortunately, from, from household. They're coming from, from books Mm -hmm. that are saying, Hey, this, this once was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, when you were talking, I was also thinking about, because we think a lot about this and it's like, part of the biggest wrestle of being able to be community again is the mm-hmm. fact that we're all so busy yeah. and mm-hmm. we're all so already at capacity that mm-hmm. it's like, well, and we've had some conversation about this of like, well, gosh, we would love to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to be super intentional about creating capacity in our life to be able to like drive across town yeah. or yeah. to like see them at least once a week or like, can we set a very clear rhythm? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. talked on the last podcast, which you may or may not have seen the show, but Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> that will be for you. Okay. What was that? Like early nineties, I think. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what you said. Late eighties, early nineties, yeah. something like that. But it, but it's like, it totally lends to the household concept mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. they yeah. were people who moved to a frontier town mm-hmm. and it was Colorado Springs. They were developing Colorado Springs. And so this person came with their gift and this person came with their gift. This person's a doctor. This person's a preacher. This person's a teacher. This person's the storekeeper. And they became household because they needed each other to survive. Like there was this complete interdependence that if one person went missing, one person failed, one person got sick. It was like the entire community would rally Mm -hmm. to meet the need to care for them well, because they needed them in order for their own well-being and not in like the selfish way we would think of today of like, oh, I need you. So I'm going to help you (laughs) because we have a tendency to do that. Right. Like we're like constantly accounting for 
what's going to benefit me. It wasn't like that then. And it wasn't even spoken. It just was mm -hmm. because they knew in order for us to all live, live well, we must all be well. Yeah. And so there was this um, so investment into one another, but there was mm -hmm. also a receiving from one another that even when they didn't deserve it, they didn't have a choice but to receive because yeah. if they didn't, they knew the entire well-being of the entire unit yes. would struggle. Yeah. I, I think too, another aspect of this that, uh, that our, our culture is currently like struggling with and something that has impacted the youths like myself <laughs> um, uh, would be like, technology creating that mm. illusion of not needing that interdependence yeah. um of not needing to be seen or known so like not needing to like if i needed to learn about family structure i could google that you know instead yeah. of talking to an editor to oh, an elder yeah. <laughs> uh, and instead of um having to depend on like who's in my life for that going to that first mm -hmm. so instant yes. knowledge without yeah. any like seeking yes. or instant celebrity without any like actually being known or carrying that that we carry yeah. that with like facebook That's or really instagram good. like usually that used to be for like it's hard to believe that but like it used to be for like a handful of people in a culture that would carry that mm -hmm. and now we all kind of carry like celebrity mm -hmm. but we feel like way less known than we ever have yes or something like provision like where instead of having to work in community together it's like i can get that from amazon prime immediately <laughs> so it's like yeah. all of this yeah. like provision without interdependence and like wow. um being seen without being known yeah. so there's this disconnect between like what's human mm -hmm. and like what we are constantly expected or even like chasing after like i'm not trying to put that out yeah, there like right. it's yeah. somebody else that's <laughs> bad but like even what we're constantly carrying ourselves is like how can i like be known through this app or whatever and so, so we just have wow. to kind of go back to like really what in the life we're looking for this book that i quoted and he crouch bases it on the shema in the bible like a uh, body mind soul spirit like connection that's who you are as a person unless you're in a community that nourishes that unless you're practicing that with how you provide for yourself and others like um all of that is like that's basic yeah. <laughs> in the, the foundations of our faith um, yeah. the, from the old testament that we know mm -hmm. um and just kind of getting back to that here and now i think it's going to be so healing for ourselves but like huge for our culture yeah. it's like a yeah. gift we have to give it's huge yeah mm -hmm. but i think there's this um interesting um space or almost like a line that we're we're bumping up against <laughs> in the body of christ that all of us who want this and mm -hmm. even understand it are like but like but i and for us and other people we've talked to, it's that capacity issue yeah. of like, but I, I don't have room for other people mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. Like, I don't have room to take care of your needs. I don't have room to care for you and show up for you five nights a week because I have all my needs like that. I'm just doing right. my best to try to meet to make all it. my yeah. fa immediate family needs that I'm trying to meet. And I think what's so interesting about that is that because of the brokenness, like I I can't meet all of those immediate needs that feel so tight in my circle mm -hmm. around me. Like even those that I'm so busy doing that are keeping me from household, right? Mm -hmm. Is because I don't have household. Yep. That's just, yeah. You know? Yeah. Kind of, okay. Say that one again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. But it is, it's like, it's like, well, I, I'm so busy yeah. 
taking care of all these immediate needs around me because I Mm. don't have a household to help me meet those needs. So I can't do my part meeting the needs of others because I'm already so full trying to meet my own needs when that was never meant to be the math equation. You've been listening to the Table and World podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. To begin your journey to relational health, please go to tableandwellco.com and join our new online community. Or you can sign up for Connections 101, formerly called Community 101. Again, we invite you to join our online community at tableandwellco.com.